sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Contrary to what at least used to be a popular opinion, the Catholic Church has always exhorted her members, encouraged her members to read the Bible. And over the last, frankly, several decades, more Catholics than ever before, I think just because there's so many of us today, are doing just that. Many lay men and women in particular are taking up their Bibles and they're reading it. But as they're reading it, maybe all the way through for the first time, they're discovering some oh interesting things that happen in the Bible. Maybe not things that they were prepared for or they expected to find in the inspired holy word of God. So today on Ignition, we are going to be talking about some of the um, interesting little episodes that you come across in the very first book of the Bible, that is the book of Genesis. What's going on? Why is this here? What are we supposed to make of it? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that, as always, we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Uh, I'm joined in studio by one of my regular co-hosts, Renee Kranz. Hey, Renee. Hey, Chris. Renee, you are the instigator of this episode of Ignition. I'm a lot of instigator of this episode of Ignition. I like that. <laughs> I, I was most definitely. You are instigator. most. So, so this is this episode is for you, Renee. It's for me and my husband. Uh, yeah, and and, Should, and and many other Catholics. Yes. Shall I give the background? Yes, please. So <clears throat> my husband and I, Ryan, are doing the Bible in a year mm-hmm. with Father Mike Schmitz. Father Mike Schmitz from Central Minnesota. It's probably going to be Bible in a year and a half. Diocese but, of Duluth, but diocese in a year. Okay, we get it. <laughs> um, I have I have actually read Genesis before a long time ago, but I don't really remember. Well, apparently, a lot of this didn't sink in. But as we're reading, we are um, as we're going, we are up to like oh gosh, uh, chapter forty one in Genesis. So we're just in the first couple of weeks. But um, almost every day. Father Mike reads the thing. We're following along. And after he's done, Ryan and I look at each other like, what did we just hear? What? I'm so depressed. I don't understand what is happening, why this is in here. So um, it's it's been a little disheartening and weird and <laughs> all kinds of things. So I said, Dr. Bergwald, help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm. Some, we're sometimes at a loss for words. We just look at each other and shake our heads like, what's wrong with these people, first of all? <laughs> yeah. So so what I want to do is I, I want you here in just a minute to sort of name some of the um, the different episodes, just refer to them uh, and just get a rough sense of what they're about. Uh, I think what we'll do is sort of take a broad picture yeah. approach first, and then time permitting, maybe we can dive in and look in detail at yeah. some of these um uh, interesting anecdotes yes. that yes. we come across. I, I do think, you know, what a lot of people think of Genesis, I think people think uh, Catholics who are somewhat familiar mm-hmm. with the Bible, at least, um, will will think of, oh, the creation accounts, oh, G- Garden of Eden, you know. Maybe um, Noah. Noah. Yeah. Maybe Abraham. Right. Um, I think uh, Joseph mm-hmm. and his Technicolor dream coat mm-hmm. gets a lot of, oh, yeah, Joseph. 
Um, but Genesis is 50 <laughs> chapters long. Yes. And there's a lot more going on than those. What what I just named is less than well, less than half yeah. of the book of Genesis. So when you actually are reading it, and, and I think part of it too, the reason why you're sort of discovering this is um my recollection is with the way that Father Mike Schmitz does Bible in a year. I mean, it's not like you read all of Genesis in the first week. No, you're doing like two chapters at a time. Two chapters. So kind of taking your yeah. time. Every day you're only reading two chapters. Yeah. So that gives you more time to hear and or read along. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh. you're sitting there kind of simmering on that. And you're like, I just, I, yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> so what are some of the things that uh, have disheartened and weirded you out? <laughs> To use two of your terms. Okay, so there are definitely some. So first of all, one of the things, and we can talk about this or not, but one of the things that almost right away kind of makes you think, what in the world is the ages of some of the people? I mean, how can they be 400 or 200 or whatever years old? And you're like, that's, I don't know, God can do whatever he wants, but it seems impossible. Okay, ages? Um, So, um, pages? Ages. Oh, yes, ages. Um, So one of the... One of the ones that there's three that stand out to me. Chapter 15, which is where Abraham, um, that chapter is titled God's Covenant with Abram. Yep. So um, this is where he asks Abram to bring me a heifer three years old, a she-goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he cuts them into, lays each half against the other, but he did. He basically cuts them in two and then like walks in between yep. the parts and there's all kinds of yep. strangeness. I this that's one of my favorite going on <laughs> in the Bible. Not because it's full of strangeness. Right. Um there's right. just a like you need some context with yep. that. Yep. For sure. Um so there's that one. There is chapter 15. I'm sorry, 19. Verse 30 and forward. Um, um, yeah. Now, remember, <laughs> this is a family-friendly show, yes, Renee. So I know. Um, let's let's so, speak in uh, We'll speak in biblical terms. language. Well, I can speak in biblical language, yeah, yeah, I think, okay. right? Yeah. So this is where Lot falls asleep, and his two daughters, they want to make sure that his line does not end. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes, great. So they go in and... Yes. While he's sleeping. While he's sleeping. And it's, we're just like completely dumbfounded by why this is done, why it's in the Bible. Uh, it's It seems really horrendous, to be honest. Yep. And um, yeah. Okay. Not my favorite one. Yep. <laughs> um, and then there is chapter 38, which is about Judah and Tamar. Um, Tamar is actually his daughter-in-law. Married two, well, basically married two of his sons. They both died. The third uh, was too young. To put it, make a long story short, Tamar decides to dress as a harlot, it says in the Bible, at least yeah. in this translation, and trick Judah into giving her children. Yep. Again, both of them bad. But yet at the end, he says, she is more righteous than I. And I was like, I'm not thinking that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So we haven't, we like have not discovered any good people or, or even like seemingly good people following God 
up until we finally hit Joseph and we're like, oh, hallelujah, here's a good guy. <laughs> nobody, nobody up until jo- Joseph. Not nobody, but nobody real obviously. Nobody. Joda, Joseph is far more like instantly, immediately good and following God's law. Yeah. I think Noah was pretty good too, but I feel like there was something with one him. of the uh, I can't remember <laughs> one of one of the figures in Genesis uh, is held up by in the by the New Testament um, in the first Eucharistic prayer and the Catechism oh, of the Church yes. as our Father in yes. faith. Well, that's Abraham. He, that would seem I don't know. There's a, I mean, but there's a lot of he does a lot of right stupid and bad things. Yep. And I honestly, there doesn't seem to be a lot of good things in there from <laughs> okay. him. Great. I mean, I'm just being honest. I know. Here. I know you are. And which is why <laughs> when you came to me, and I think you, I think you proposed this as a topic I did. for ignition. I did. Uh, I was really glad not only to hopefully be able to help you, yeah, uh, but then. For, to discuss it because you are most certainly not alone. You know, I mean, so as you and I are recording, it's February 1st. Folks are hearing this a little bit later into February, um, right after Ash Wednesday, I think, actually. But, you know, a lot of people at the beginning of the year, I mean, Bible in the year starts January 1st. Right. A lot of people for years, uh, a lot of Christians have made reading the Bible a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. So you plug along. Now, the joke is, Normally, people are fine until they get to like March or April when they get into Leviticus right. no, and, or Deuteronomy and, number, where, where and stuff. It yeah. gets bogged down with numbers <laughs> yeah. and what the heck is going on. But your experience, like, I'm not making already. it out of January. You're thinking, like, what is going on yeah. here? Yeah. This is a real experience. A yeah. lot of, this is why a lot of people were like, okay, I'm just going to. To keep going to mass and right. let Father explain to me right. what the heck is going on because right. I have no idea. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe next year. Well, maybe next. <laughs> or they year. might say, you know, there's a lot of bad things and violence in the Bible. It must not be good. Yeah, exactly. So, so a couple of things to get started. Again, big picture. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully we'll get to at least a couple of these. Uh, spe- we can talk specifics about a couple of these things. So first thing is how not just we as Catholics, many other Christians do the same thing, but speaking for our, ourselves, how we approach the Bible. Yeah. How to read the Bible, right? So. The Catholic Church teaches explicitly the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Right. Um, everything that's in here is there on purpose, not just by the human authors, but by God as well. He inspired those human authors, whoever they, the many of them throughout history, to write these words. Okay. So, and, and and God can neither be deceived nor be deceived. So, everything that it's written is true. However, um, we have to, in order to understand the truth of what's found in scripture, we have to properly interpret it. Right. Uh, you know, some classic examples. Um, if uh, Elise was going to go on stage to perform a musical number as she does regularly in the Dossies <laughs> and Opposites. Um, oh, here's our life. So we might say to her, if she go on stage for, especially for like a play, what what would you say to Elise? Uh, if, if you're going to, if you're going to wish her luck, she's going to, I would say break a leg. Break a leg. Mm. Now, 4,000 years from now, when people are- Why do they are, want her to have break fought, a like, leg? What is, <laughs> this doesn't make it. Break a leg. So part of this is understanding, you use the word, cult, the context. Right. The cultural context and the way that people speak. Right. Um, if you and I are going to enter into an agreement or when you meet somebody for the first time, what do you do? You shake their hand. You shake hands. Yeah. 
Why? Right. Why does me shaking your appendage <laughs> with my appendage like convey, hey, nice to meet you. Right. Or yeah, let, let's do it. Right. I'm in. I, right. I agree. Like, what? Spitting. <laughs> what? What? That? Now, I have no idea. This, th- but I know there's some history behind yeah. that. That's maybe that's lost on me, but I, we still do it. Mm-hmm. So in order to understand the Bible, we have to be attentive to the idioms, the ways that we you know, break a leg, um, the cultural context mm-hmm. of the day. So that's where good commentaries are really helpful because yeah. they can shed light on that that cultural context, which was not foreign to Jews right. three, mm-hmm. well, 2,000, 4,000 years ago. But to us as Americans reading it in 21st century, like, yeah. No idea. What yeah. Can we just skip to Jesus? Because that right. I kind of understand. That's kind of how we've been feeling. It's like, yeah, I'm done with this. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, so this is where, so understand the, the cultural context, but most of us don't know where we begin. That's where good study Bibles or commentaries are really yeah. helpful. Yeah. So for Genesis in particular, an easy recommendation is the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible volume on Genesis. This is um, co-authored by Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch, mm-hmm. uh, and they they unpack not not it's not it's, it's not I mean, like a word for word sentence not word by for sentence, word. I mean, right. this is a you know a, a decent size, but it's not a massive right. um, commentary on Genesis. But it, it, they do a good job with most of the things that like wait what what in the world? Well, yeah. And I remember actually me saying that um, I had Dr. Hahn for. Old Testament, okay. uh, Principles of Biblical Study 1 at Franciscan University, Franciscan University of Steubenville, which was on the Old Testament. And he talked about the holy huh. Uh, so when you're reading the Bible and you're like, you get to a head scratcher, his point, that, that should be like speed bumps where you stop and ponder and maybe do a little bit of study and research. Mm-hmm. Most of us, you know, I'd say for long, like the image of like a, uh, one of those bugs that skims over the surface, which is like, <laughs> What? I have no idea. Let's just keep going, honey. Um, I'm sure that's how you and Ryan, but what? That's how we're, how we're feeling right um, now. <laughs> but Dr. Hans' point was, if we get to those speed bumps, like, no, hold on. Like, if if you're just confused or if there's like a spiritual, like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. To stop there and, and go a little bit deeper. Um, so it's helpful to have resources yeah. like this where you can actually dig deeper. Because most of us are like, like the, the, some of the things that you're reading about, yeah. for instance, unless you've got a some sort of study Bible yeah. or commentary, like yeah, because you really just have no context for it. And I mean, as great the Bible in the year is great, but the Father Mike does not have time to go into all yep. the context of every single thing. Yep, we'd exactly. be it'd be the Bible in two years. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> or more, right? or more. Yes. So, so with, with that in mind, so we have to understand sort of the literary sense of, of what the author's tried to convey. Mm-hmm. Just like if you said, Willie, let's go break a leg. I know that you're not desiring that violence be inflicted upon right. the poor woman. <laughs> um, so understanding that, and that's where resources like study Bibles and commentaries are really helpful. So there's that. Secondly, okay. So having said that, it's still clear that in Genesis, there's a lot of horrific stuff that happens. Yeah. Genesis, if it were portrayed in a movie, in a literal way, would be uh, probably rated X. I was going to say like triple yeah, X. Yeah, triple, yeah, it would be, it would be like, there's a lot of, oh my gosh. Yes. So the, why is this in here? I think, you, why is this why? in here? Yeah. Why do we need to know these so things? So this is where I think a lot of us have an assumption about um, what's in the Bible and why it's in the Bible that actually is is partially true. Well, it's true in some cases, but not in every case. Right. Every episode, 
the Bible is not intended to, um, across the board, in every instance, show us how to live properly. Okay. The Bible does not, across the board, in every instance, is not intended. This is not, in every instance, a manual for how to live in a, in a, holy, a, life. a holy life. Yeah. <clears throat> I think That's I'll, helpful already. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> yeah. I, and this is one of the things I wanted to say. Some of these things, as you were, we were talking before, we started airing, I'm going to wait till we actually record. Yeah. So there's a that's a presumption that a lot of people, it's, it's an unthought presumption that a lot of Catholics have. Because again, we think about Jesus, and we think about Paul, and we think about Mary. Right. Uh, and oh, they're models, and, and they show us how to live. Yep, they do. But there's a lot in the Bible that's not meant to be, hey, do this. Like <laughs> the things, like some of the, don't do some right. of the things. So what's going on in there? Why is that there? And, and again, in our in a couple of our conversations talking about uh, this topic before we recorded, you actually, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, this is, you don't put it quite this way, but what we're reading here is showing us what happens when we live apart from God. Right. Or it shows us what happens when we don't follow what he asks us to do. Right. Um, it's a mirror. So we're not just seeing them, we're seeing ourselves right. too. Right, for sure. I always have to remind myself as we're reading, like, okay, now maybe I'm not, Doing really bad things with my own father. However, there are <laughs> there are things that we do in our lives that, uh, if it was written in a book, right, we we would Absolutely. be quite mortified. And you and I are blessed to live with the fullness of revelation, right? Uh, right. We, we've Jesus has Jesus came before us two thousand mm-hmm. years ago for um, Lot and his daughters, for Abram, for Judah and Tamar. Uh, Jesus was centuries, millennia. Right. They down barely the road. knew God. They, you're right, right, right. Um, so that, that that's that's part of it. And, and time and time again, when you read the Old Testament, right, as you, as you continue, first of all, persevere. Oh yeah. Uh, and for listeners, viewers, persevere. If you're if you're the same boat that Renee is, <laughs> and Ray, Ray and Ryan, persevere. Um, but time and time again, what we see is people are like, oh, you knuckleheads, you should know better. What? Oh. Yeah. That's exactly what we've said many times. It's like, come on, you guys are better than this. You can do better. Ryan, even, he's read a book about going through the covenants. Yeah. He's like, why do they keep breaking the covenant? Like, what is wrong? Why can they not just do the thing? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's, 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 that's one thing to keep in And another point, sort of big picture point, uh, and then we'll maybe start in, um, Father Richard Varis, priest for the Archdiocese in New York, teaches uh, in their seminary. He's a contributor to Magnificat, the monthly devotional that many. um, Father Varis, in a book uh, about the Old Testament, a small book, kind of more of like a spiritual read, Jesus of Israel is what it's called. The point of his book is if you want to know somebody um, well, you you want to get to know their family. Knowing somebody's family tells a lot about you, about about the person. says anything about Jesus. You probably heard me say it more than once yourself. For the Jewish people, the greatest sin is to, you remember? I've never told this to you. I don't know. I don't know if you have. What do you think for the Jewish people the greatest sin is? To deny God? Uh, that is a horrible sin, but that's not how <laughs> Father Varys fills okay, in the blank. Elise, any guesses? For the Jewish people, the greatest sin is to 
not keep the Sabbath. Also, uh, good answer, but not the one that Father Barris gives. What he says for the Jewish people, their greatest sin is to forget. Oh, yes. Of course. Yeah, I forgot that. So, (laughs) (laughs) that is so meta. Um, So meta. (laughs) (laughs) To forget, to forget the marvelous works of the Lord. That's That's what we're seeing here. Already, these people that that you're referring to, Abraham, Abram, Abraham, Lot, um, uh, Judah, Tamar, they they have to varying degrees. They've had encounters, experiences with the Lord, or they've mm-hmm. heard about their their father or their grandfather or maybe great grandfather. The experiences of the Lord. They are God's people, mm-hmm. uh, and yet they continue to forget what God has done for them and that what that means for their lives. And you and I do the same thing. Yeah, we continue to forget as well. You literally more than. Oh, wow. Um, I don't mean it's sins. You're talking about how forgetful you are. Oh, I am. Yes. Yes. So, so big picture, when you're reading Genesis, we're seeing humanity in all its ugliness with occasional glimpses of virtue. And it's showing how which we- sounds about right. <laughs> which, which shows how we need a redeemer. Yeah. It's showing, it's painting a picture of humanity. I mean, if, 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 if it wasn't bad, why did Jesus come? That, that's true. It, because we needed a redeemer. Yeah. Because it was bad. Yeah. Okay. So, um, again, I would encourage people because we're not going to get to just all three things that you named, and those are just three of those, yeah. All I, sort, like, I could like every one in every chapter, basically. Yep. So again, my, a specific recommendation would be uh, Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch's Ignatius, Ignatius Catholic State Bible Volume on Genesis. Um, but I, I do want to at least tackle the first one. Uh, because it's the most family friendly one to tackle. The ages? Uh, no, 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 oh, sorry. Okay. Number two. Number okay, two. Okay. Number two. Ages. The ages thing actually, there are a lot of different theories. And there's not the church does not formally teach. Is this is this just symbolic? Um, was it possible that back in the day people lived really long lives? Is this they just, had weird calendars? Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's different theories. Um, and 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 Han and Mitch actually go into those theories oh, okay. in here. So I'll, I'll, I'll loan this to sure. you. Yeah. Um but that would, but no Genesis. Oh, sorry, yeah, Genesis fifteen with this. Oh yeah, the animal, the, the animals. So, what's going on uh, in this chapter is um, Abram uh, is wait like God has promised that he'll have an heir. Right. God has made this promise to Abram um, that you will have an heir, and this and and okay, I'll see. having said that, let's look at this passage. After these things, all these things that happened prior to uh, chapter 15, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, what will you give me for I continue childless than the heir of my, of my house as Eliezer of Damascus? So Abram's old. Yeah. His wife is old. God has said, you'll have an heir. And Abram's like, Ugh. I got nothing. How's that going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have no kids. I'm old. My wife is old. And barren. Baron, so yeah, so how is this going to happen? And to the, to the part that you pointed out, I am the Lord who brought you from the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. How am, I sh- how am I to know that I shall possess it? And then the passage that you read where you've got these animals mm-hmm. and uh, Abram brings them, brings them, cuts them in two and laid each half over against, over against the other. Uh, and then when the verse 12, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram and behold, a dread and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said, know of a surety. So know for sure that your descendants will be soldiers, blah, blah, blah. People can read this. When the sun had gone down, verse 17, it was dark. Behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. (laughs) 
<laughs> Again, <the> <laughs> what? <laughs> so Abram brings these different animals, cuts them in half, uh, and then uh, you see a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the pieces. And after that, um, on that day, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, and it goes on. So what's happening here is an ancient Near East covenant ratification ritual. Uh-huh. This is a, so this whole thing of animals being split. And then, the, so what you, if I were going to make a covenant with you in the ancient Near East, I would do this. I get these animals, we'd split them. And you and I, as the two parties to the covenant would walk between the 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 carcasses the split carcasses okay. why why do we shake hands i don't know there's a reason. but actually there is a reason because what i'm doing by walking through i am i am symbolically saying if i violate the terms of this covenant may i be split in half just as these oh, wow. animals are okay so, so, That's serious stuff it's serious here. stuff a con a covenant is not it's not some little a little agreement like a you're not a, a just going to get sued. You're not just yeah, going to yeah. get sued. It's you're going to get split in half. <laughs> it's a covenant, right? Which is a family. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's it, exactly it's familiar. You know yeah. a little bit about covenants. Yeah. So the interesting so so God is making a covenant with Abraham. Abram at this point he's still Abram. The interesting thing here, Renee, is God under the appearance of this smoking fire, uh, smoking fire pot and flaming torch. It's God alone who passes. The right. Abraham doesn't do it. Why not? I don't know. What you tell me? What you th- what, what's your impression of Abram uh, from, from having read Genesis that part? So far, he's kind of right. He's not perfect. <laughs> no, he's going to fail. He's going to violate his side of the. God does not make Abram pass between the midst because Abram is going to violate the terms. He already of knows the he covenant. can't do it. God knows. Yeah, yeah that's Abram what I mean. Yeah, he yes. Knows. But God does. So one of the fundamental points of Genesis, and it's implicit here. Again, we don't don't know any of this, but it's implicit here. God establishes a covenant with certain individuals and through them a people. Right. And God remains faithful to the covenant, even though, as you've seen repeatedly already in the first book of the Bible, even though the people will not be faithful to the terms Mm -hmm. of the covenant, God is. Yeah. So he, so. And the Jews would have understood all of that. They would have understood yeah. all that. So they, they know that their ancestors screwed it up. They know that they, they screwed it up, <laughs> but they know that God remains faithful. Right. That he, uh, that he, that he will always. So that there are, there are explanations. Not always like the ages. We're not sure, but th- this is as an easy example where when you understand the context, yes. the idioms, it does shed some light. So again, Renee, uh, may you and Ryan persevere <laughs> as you read through the Bible. And remember, it's it's not always shol- holding up a paradigm of virtue. This is how the weight is. Right, right. Super helpful. Great. Thanks, Renee. And that will wrap, wrap up this episode of Ignition, folks. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with questions about this episode. Until next time, may God bless you. <laughs>